You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. to you, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning. How hey, are you, Gary? There, brother? Good morning to you, my friend. It's nice to see you. You too. You too. What? Uh, what's new? What's new? <laughs> Looking forward to the holidays, right? We got, of course, Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite months. It really is. A month. Well, holidays. Well, November. You know, it's it's a nice month. But I love Thanksgiving. I do. Other than the weather getting colder, I would say that, you know, once we hit um, Halloween and then things start changing a bit and then we hit Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, everyone's with family and the holiday music starts and the lights and all that. And then once we get into December, obviously, it's full blown holiday season everywhere you go. They're playing the music. They're seeing the decorations. And, you know, it's a festive time of year. And I think after a year where there's been such pessimism for many, such defeat. For, for most Americans, I can't even say many, I'd say the majority are not feeling great financially right now because of the market, the inflation, the rates, all the bad things going on here. But the holiday season gives us time to reflect, spend really what matters, time with the people that we love, forget about money, forget about all this BS that's consuming your mind and your life, and actually love with your heart and be with the ones that you're with from your heart. You just stole the words right I- out of my mouth. I I. Yeah, that's exactly what it's all about. I think people forget that in the commercialism and and and, and the whole. Nine I yards. forget all the oh, time. All humans, of course. Hey, you know what? Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, housing people buying and selling homes. It's probably the it's probably the down down season. I would of- say it's a down season. I mean, it depends on who you ask, though, because. If you're a young single person that has flexibility and wants to buy a home, it's actually one of the best times that you could be buying. I don't care what the rates are, what the prices are. It's just a great time from a competition standpoint. There's less people in the market, period, and you have flexibility if you're buying at that time of year. Most of the homes I bought, actually, I think every single one has been between October and March. Every single house, every single property well, I've ever Well, that's ironic purchased. because the inventory is probably the greatest from March to September, right? Yeah, and it really has to do with, again, the competitive landscape because I find, and we talked about it in our seasonality episode, that families, and the majority of homes are bought by families, families get out of the market around the holidays. They don't want to be lugging the kids to open houses and giving up their family time and their Christmas presents and all this to deal with a home transaction, finding a home, financing a home, moving into a home. So a lot of those people around that 
Thanksgiving time, they bow out. Hey, we'll do it next year. But again, huge opportunity for those that are in the market. And I motivate my clients. Hey, if you're single, if you're not tied down, if you have the ability to buy a home and make offers and be seeing properties around the holidays, take advantage of that because you can save a huge amount of money on the price of a home by buying in that timeline, not only because of the seasons, but also because of that demand and that competitive landscape. Well, first of all, not many more people are going broke, sadly. Everything is going up. The cost of home heating oil has gone up. Your, oh, your gross groceries, any goods that you purchase at retail outlets, everything has gone up. Gasoline, so on and so forth. People are looking to minimize their bills, yes. and, and and what's happening is just the opposite. Sadly, I mean that's your really your priorities. So, so let's talk about some mortgage payoff strategies. I mean, that's it. Why is paying off your mortgage? Why is that such a common financial goal that most people have? <laughs> You know, being in mortgage now for 20 years, December is my 20-year anniversary in the industry, and I will tell you that no matter what's going on with the market or economy, people are always motivated to pay off their mortgage. It's a very common financial goal, and the reason why is actually psychological and it's emotional. So it has nothing to do with numbers. It really doesn't. And we'll talk about why here today. We'll tackle that. But If we really step back and look at why do people want to pay off their mortgages so bad right now is because of the mentality that was passed down from their parents and grandparents. So if we go way, way back to when mortgages started in like the early 1900s, right? Banks could just take your house if you didn't make a payment on a mortgage. There wasn't foreclosure laws like there are today. Uh, Homeowners were not protected like they are today. So what ended up happening is in the Great Depression, we all know, was like the worst economic downturn in our country's history. During the Great Depression, huge percentage of homeowners got foreclosed on. And when they got foreclosed on and came out of it, the people that actually had the harm done to them passed down and we're talking constantly. The bank is the enemy. We got to get rid of that mortgage. If we didn't have a mortgage... They couldn't foreclose on our house. We should have never taken that loan out. And this negative stigma got passed down to their kids. So we're talking about people that were buying homes, I guess, in like the 20s, the 1920s, and then their kids then went to buy homes in like the 50s and 60s, right? And then their kids went to buy homes in the 80s and 90s. And this went on and on and on until here we are like four or five complete generations later. And still people today... Young people will say to me, Rob, I want to pay that mortgage off. ASAP. Why? Because mortgages are bad. But why are they bad? Because it was passed down from the Great Depression mentality. Now, we cannot operate in 2022, 2023 and beyond using the mentality that our parents and grandparents had. You're not going to make decisions on your 401k based on what the market was doing back then, right? You're not going to make decisions on your real estate or mortgage based on the way the market was back then either. Yet people do it every single day. It's the biggest monthly financial obligation that anybody has. Unless you're a business owner with a really big loan on your company, the mortgage is typically going to be the largest financial instrument and transaction that you are ever going to do as a consumer. So if the mortgage is your biggest monthly nut, well, how can we get rid of that? How can we get that down as soon as possible, as low as possible? So people get motivated during these times of economic uncertainty. People get motivated when there's turmoil, when there's blood in the streets that we got to get out of this thing because if there's an economic downturn, if something happens, I don't want to have to answer to the bank. I don't want to have to worry about foreclosure on my home or getting the collection notices in the mail. 
I don't want to have to worry about my family getting displaced. How do you protect against that? Well, there's a lot of ways, but most people immediately go to, I need to pay that mortgage off. And that is why it's so common. Uh, what about some of the reasons? Why would someone not want to pay off their mortgage? This is where I get excited because <laughs> I'm somebody that understands leverage and understands using other people's money. And that's what I do all day is I sell other people's money to people that are buying and financing homes. So I'm a huge proponent of using leverage and using other people's money. So the biggest reason why that you want to not pay off your mortgage, you want to keep a mortgage. And not only that, I'll take it a step further. Get the biggest mortgage you can get. Why? Why Why would we say that when everyone else wants to pay it off? Because of financial planning. It's that simple. Why would you pay a mortgage off that maybe at Two or three percent. Maybe you got it a couple of years ago and got those historically low rates and you're sitting at a two, three, four percent mortgage. Why would you pay that off when if you look at the stock market for the last hundred years, it's like eight and a half, nine percent or more in the S&P 500 over the last hundred years. So pay off a mortgage that's two or three percent or invest in the stock market. That's eight, nine plus percent. Again, over the last hundred years, I don't care what happened. In the last three months, we know it's a bloodbath. Now's time to be capitalizing on the opportunity. Now's time to be borrowing more money so that you can invest and take advantage of these amazing opportunities that are out there. The other thing is cash flow needs. We all have needs for our family, education, paying down debt, medical bills, emergencies, things that come up. A mortgage isn't our only obligation. So if you put all your money into that mortgage and you have no mortgage on your home, but then a big expense comes up for $15,000, $20,000, the fact that you have all the equity in your home, how does that help you with that expense? It doesn't. And there have been time and time again that people will let, tell me, actually had a lady call me last week from Manchester. She has a paid off home. She's never had a mortgage on her home, yet she contacted me to consolidate her debt because she had been uh, unfortunately scammed out of about $50,000. And she had all these loans that added up to $50,000. And she'd been struggling to make the monthly payments. So here's somebody with a $250,000 house, never had a mortgage, yet they are financially broke. They have no money. They have no savings and they're buried in debt. That's a situation where, again, she should have taken out a mortgage when she bought that property. And then she'd have that 200000 plus in the bank and wouldn't be calling me to get access to her equity. So I think you're starting to see why I'm so passionate about not only having a mortgage, keeping it and growing that mortgage over the years as your home value goes up, tapping that equity, utilizing it and actually taking advantage of it. So for those who do want to pay their home off early. Are there common methods that are used? There are. There's some very common methods and there's some that are a little uncommon. We'll we'll uh, dive into both here. But the number one method everybody knows is additional principal payments. So that means paying extra on your mortgage. So if you have a 30-year mortgage and your mortgage payment is $2,000 a month, you want to pay it off sooner. So instead of $2,000 a month, you send the mortgage company $2,500 a month. Is that good? That's hey, that's fine. That's just one way to skin the cat, though. That may not be the best way, but that is the most common way by far. I have clients that put an extra $10, $20, couple hundred dollars a month on their mortgage, and they do that every single month because the way mortgages work is it's a closed-end loan, and it calculates interest based on the previous month end interest or end balance. So if you make an extra payment on your mortgage and you pay that end balance down or that principal balance, the next month your interest is actually going to be a little less than had you not 
made that prepayment. Of course, it depends how much you pay, but it will actually accelerate you paying off your mortgage, bring you further along that amortization schedule by putting on even a little bit of money. So if it's a motivating factor for you to pay your home off, even putting an extra $10 a month, that sounds like nothing, but that could make a huge difference. I saw an example, which was $400,000 mortgage. I believe it was around six and a quarter percent and an extra $350 paid the loan off seven years early, seven years early and saved over 130000 in interest. Imagine what a double payment would do every month for one year. It's huge. Double payment. It's huge. And some people do that. But again... Is that the best approach? Is that the best place to be putting your, your money? For some people, it is. For some people, it's a huge financial mistake. Another really common, uh, really, really common method that people have used to pay off their mortgage quicker is to refinance to a shorter term. Now, this hasn't had as much steam in the last few months with the rising of interest rates, but in the last couple of years, this was a huge strategy, probably number one mortgage strategy I was using other than debt consolidation when it came to paying mortgages off early. So you'd have someone that had like a 30-year mortgage, let's say 5%, and then the mortgage rates were three and a half. So they'd refinance their 5% mortgage, 30-year, down to a 3% 15-year mortgage. Their payment may not actually change that much because they're reducing the interest rate so much. I had cases where the payment went up like $100 a month, and they're going from like 28 years down to 15 years. That's a huge win. That's a situation where it may make full and complete sense for you to pay your mortgage off early, but that does require refinancing to accelerate your mortgage term. You have to go through the process of a refinance. You have to qualify for that refi. And of course, you have to pay closing costs that are associated with a refi. Most of the time, even when all that's factored in, it does make sense, but you have to do a cost versus benefit analysis to see what's it going to cost me, how much am I going to save, and most importantly, how long is it going to take to break even on the cost? If the break-even point is less than a couple of years, then usually it's a good move to, to go with that. The last method I want to mention here about common strategies people use are biweekly payments because I think a lot of mortgage companies advertise to pay biweekly. So that means you pay every other week your mortgage instead of once a month. By doing that, it will actually allow you to make one extra mortgage payment per year so although that doesn't sound like a lot, it can make a huge difference and a huge dent in the amount of time that you pay your loan off without making a big difference to your cash flow. So that's one big one that a lot of people ask me about every day. Another little secret tip that you can use to implement a biweekly mortgage plan on your own without even asking the bank is take your total mortgage payment, divide it by 12 months, and whatever the outcome is of that equation, add that to your mortgage payment every month, and you will actually get to the same result as a biweekly payment with no fees and no hassles. Talk about a few maybe unconventional or maybe even outside-the-box strategies to pay off your mortgage early. And, and this is really where I get excited because I've really thrived in offering outside-of-the-box solutions, creative solutions to my clients over the years. So one method that is pretty much almost nobody knows about, unless you've been listening to the show for a while, or if you were growing up or lived in Australia, 
the common mortgage there is a money merge account or a all-in-one account mortgage. Mm. It combines your checking account, your savings account, and a line of credit or a mortgage all into one account. So when your money goes into that checking account, it actually pays the mortgage down. When your money comes out of that checking account, it actually increases the balance on the mortgage. The reason why someone want to do this is because if you're cash flow positive and you have a lot of extra money coming in each month, that extra money can go to pay down your mortgage debt without changing your cash flow. And when an emergency comes up, you have full access to that money. So if you were to make a $10,000 payment on your mortgage against the principal, and then two months later, you needed that $10,000 because your car went out and you needed to buy a new one, you could just write a check out of that account and use it for that. I love the money merge account. I've been a proponent of this since 2009 when I first heard about it, have been offering it for years. I've even myself used it to pay loans off on properties that I've owned. So it's huge, but it's not for everyone. You do have to have positive cash flow. If you're paycheck to paycheck, the HELOC method here, the all-in-one money merge account method, it will not work for you. Got to be financially disciplined to use this method. And you really want to do your research because unfortunately, there aren't really many banks that offer this or even know about it. So do your research on this. Again, look it up. All-in-one mortgage, money merge account, the HELOC payoff method, H-E-L-O-C. has a lot of names. Um, you can find tons of videos and information about it online. Just get all your ducks in a row if you're going to use it this way because it definitely is not a one-size-fits-all. It's definitely not simple. The The one bank that I know of, by the way, that does offer this is a company called CMG Financial. CMG Financial. They're a, uh, a lender that contracts with mortgage brokers and other lenders to offer this program. So if there's something that you're interested in, talk to your mortgage advisor about CMG Financial and the all-in-one mortgage that they offer. It is something that's offered, I believe, in all 50 states. You just have to know about it. And if you're one of my clients, I absolutely can offer this to you. Let's just talk about it. Last thing, Gary, on the unconventional methods of paying down the mortgage is using debt consolidation. So someone would say, how can consolidating my debt into my mortgage actually pay it down? Doesn't that mean the mortgage is going up? Yes, it does up front. But like we've talked about on episodes about debt consolidation specifically – what are you doing with the money? An average debt consolidation loan can save 500, 1,000, even 2,000 a month or more. That's the tip of the iceberg though. The question is what are you doing with the money that you save? Make double payments. You could make double payments or just pay an extra couple hundred a month. If you're saving a thousand by debt consolidating your debt, take half of it and put it on the mortgage. What would an extra 500 a month do to paying off your mortgage? What would an extra 800 a month go to paying down your mortgage? You don't have to make double payments. Go as far as you can with that. But you got to be careful. If you're going to pay off those those high-interest credit cards, don't go back and rack up the credit card bill Absolutely. Again. And, and that's, that's hard for people, especially right now. It can be hard. And I just heard the other day that credit card debt is just at a feverish pace. It is going up just unbelievably. So what they're saying is that the reason inflation – that we're actually able to handle the inflation going on is because people are using their credit cards. Right. But credit cards have a limit. So a lot of these people are going to be hitting their limit here soon, and you're going to see some downshift in the economy when that happens or in inflation when that happens because consumers simply aren't going to be able to spend anymore. But yes, to your point, you have to be disciplined. If you pay off your debt and just go right back into it, this doesn't work. We're talking about paying off debt with the 
goal of paying your home off or actually being debt free. And that's going to entail taking the money that was going to high interest on your credit cards and other debt, redirecting even a portion of that money, if not all of it, to the principal on the consolidated mortgage, on the new mortgage. And most of the time I find if you direct even half the money, you'll pay your mortgage off in a half to a third of the time with no change in your monthly budget. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You want to make an appointment with Rob? It's very easy to do. Simply call this number, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that number as well as emails and websites and a whole nine yards uh, when we get closer to the end of the show. Rob, how can a proper refinancing strategy assist in paying off your home quicker? Yeah, so, you know, you're hearing the theme. Refinancing can be a big piece of actually paying your home off, which is counterintuitive, right? So reducing your payment is great. But again, what are you doing with that reduction? If you are to take a 30-year mortgage, again, was 6%, you're refinancing it down to 4%, for example. You're saving this money every month, but you're back to a new 20-year, 30-year mortgage. What if you take the savings which many times can be a couple hundred dollars a month or more, and you put that on the new mortgage, how much would that save you? For many people, it can shave a significant amount off even what they have today on their current mortgage. So that's a huge strategy that people use. The term reduction we talked about here, which is shortening the length of the mortgage. So it's automatic discipline. If you take a 15-year mortgage and you pay the minimum every month, you know the mortgage is going to be paid off in 15 years. You don't have to worry about paying extra or discipline or any of that. So if you're someone that's not financially disciplined, then taking a shorter term mortgage may be your path to debt freedom into having no mortgage. And then as discussed just a few minutes ago here, debt consolidation and taking the savings to accelerate the pay down on your new mortgage can be huge. Um, just a little side note on that. If you're someone that's thinking outside the box overall, what if you didn't only pay down your mortgage, but you took half that money and put it in your 401k? What would that do for your future? What if you took half that money and put it in a brokerage account? Now you can have a little bit of both. Like I'm someone that likes to diversify and I've seen in my clients' lives that the more different things we can do with our money, the more of an impact we can make in our lives. So maybe it's not just paying your mortgage off. Maybe it's paying some to your mortgage to pay that sooner, but also turbocharging your retirement. You don't have to just pick one. These are very important goals and we can't ignore either one. So why not diversify a little, take a little bit of money to one goal, a little bit of money to the other goal. You may not hit either goal right away, but when you hit one, you're Mm. already going to be three quarters of the way to the other one. And that, my friends, is why I think it's a great decision. It's interesting. What do you think is the biggest mistake people make, though, when considering to pay down or maybe even off their entire mortgage? Right. So people get excited about paying their loan off and they think about it and go, I want to do everything I can to just pay this thing. I'm going to work extra jobs, take money here, take money there, pay that darn mortgage off. But a lot of the time it's the wrong move because of what I call debt payoff prioritization. So what that means is you're paying your mortgage off, but you have other debt. So we need to step back for a minute and really think about the priority of what debt should be paid off when. Now, the easy way to look at it is take a sheet of paper out and list your debt from the highest interest rate down to the lowest interest rate. 
That's the very elementary, simple way to look at it. For most consumers out there that have debt besides their mortgage, the mortgage is probably going to be the lowest interest rate you've got, if not in the bottom couple of interest rates that you've got, right? So why are you going to put money on a mortgage that's at 3, 4, 5, 6% when you have you have a credit card that's outstanding at 18%, 20%? I saw one the other day, 28%. Makes no sense, yet people do it every day. They take two different buckets and they say, my mortgage is in this bucket, my credit card debt's in that bucket. No, you got to look at your debt like a portfolio, like a 401k. You can't isolate one thing here, one thing there. We need to look at it as everything in one lump sum. How much debt do you have and where should each dollar go? Pay off the high interest debt first. Get that zeroed out. I'm talking about no debt, zero besides the mortgage. Then at that point, if your mortgage is at that rate where it makes sense and you're not getting a good return on other investments, then you can go and actually use that money to pay off the mortgage. What is a big mistake that people make after they have had, you know, after they've made had their home paid for? I would say the biggest mistake that people make after that they pay off their home is that they feel like they've hit the jackpot, yet they don't have access to any of their equity. And a little bit ago, I told you the story of a lady here in Manchester that had this free and clear home and was struggling to even come up with $50,000 to pay off this debt she accumulated. Had she listened to this show and our strategies and what we're teaching here, she wouldn't be in that predicament. Having access to the money, having the liquidity available is the biggest The biggest myth or mistake, I should say, that people do is they don't think they need it or when they need it, they can't get it, right? So you want to open a small line of credit or a small mortgage, just something on your home so you have access to some liquidity. It doesn't have to be crazy. I think for the average person, twenty-five dollars to $50,000 would probably take care of almost every financial emergency that could come. So if you're very conservative, go take out a small home equity line of credit, okay? Have that available, Maybe it costs you 50 bucks a year for having access to that. It's a very small price to pay to have the ability to take that money out of your home. Again, this is only for people that have completely paid off their home that I'm recommending this to. Another huge one, and this is like been so, such a passion of mine recently, is the reverse mortgage line of credit. So people think that I have no mortgage, I don't want one, and then they say, I need money for this, I need money for that. How am I going to get it? Take out a reverse mortgage line of credit. You can freely pay it and take money from it most of the time without any penalties or anything like that. And the line of credit for a reverse mortgage actually contractually grows every single year. Even if the home value goes down, that line of credit grows and it can never be in a position where you end up paying the bank more than the house is worth. That's another thing that people get worried about is, oh, if I have a reverse mortgage, I'm going to owe more than the house is worth. That cannot happen. There's clauses. There's protections. It's guaranteed to grow. You only pay it when you use it. So if you're not using it, you don't need to pay it. And you have the ability to make payments on it. So people say, well, I don't want a mortgage. I don't have to make payments. You can make payments on a reverse mortgage. And I encourage you to make payments on the reverse mortgage because every payment you make on it is going to increase the liquidity. It's going to increase the line of credit you have access to, which is going to give you more financial freedom and more options. I couldn't believe when I looked at the clock what, what time we have left. I'm, I'm all choked up over here. So, But I, I've got to ask you this final question. What questions should a homeowner be asking before deciding whether paying off their mortgage and, and if it's the best financial move? Number one question you need to be asking when you're thinking about paying your home off is, am I maxing out my retirement plan? 
It's a yes or no question. If the answer is no, you shouldn't be paying off your mortgage. You should be maxing out the retirement plan. So that's number one. Number two, do I have other debt that's at a higher interest rate than my mortgage that I'd be better off paying? Again, yes or no question. If the answer is yes, that you have other debt, shelve the idea of paying off your mortgage, put all your effort to paying off the other debt. And once that other debt's paid off, then let's recalibrate, let's restructure, and let's re-strategize on then paying off the mortgage. Next thing is, do I plan on staying in my home for the duration of the mortgage term? Well, if you're in a 30-year mortgage and you only plan on staying there for three or four years, there's a big argument that paying off your home really doesn't matter right? It's not where your focus should be. Now, if you're going to stay in that home forever and you want to have it paid to not ever worry, that's fine. But if you're going to move within a few years and that's in your plan, refocus somewhere else. Again, maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's funding that brokerage account with more investments. Maybe it's paying down other debt, but definitely don't focus on the mortgage for sure. And the last thing is, Question to ask yourself, is my cash flow in a good position where I don't need access to the funds I'm putting towards the mortgage? And really, in layman's terms, that means do you have a fully funded emergency fund? Typically, fully funded emergency fund is going to be your monthly expenses multiplied by minimum of six months up to 12 months. If you're self-employed, closer to 12 months. If you're not self-employed, closer to six months. Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Age podcast. If you'd like more information, head online to the website of Doug. RobGW.com. RobGW.com. And you can always email the show at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Maybe we can get your question answered on these very airwaves even like a week from today. Also, the phone number, write it down 860 413 3938. Make yourself an appointment with Rob ASAP. It's 860 413 3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next time, have a good one, everybody. Go long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.